When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about your dog life journey. Okay, that's a big question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll try to I'll try to just give you the basics. So, my name's Chad Dustin Mayo. I'm from I live north of Seattle, Washington, just to put things into perspective that for people that don't know the area. And uh the dog thing started when I was about 16 years old. My dad came home with a, a stray Rottweiler, but a nice one. This was an attractive dog, and uh, he was awesome. I, I really connected with that dog really fast, and it became a problem because he had a lot of prey drive, and he wanted to kill the horses, and it was just a, it was an issue, you know, so my mother said well we're gonna have to find a better place for him and so we did and uh at that point i was just a you know i was just a kid that was missing missing the dog right Mm -hmm. and so i thought about it and then i talked to my parents and i said well if i'm willing to pay for it can i go out and buy my own puppy whatever i want whatever whatever kind of breed i want Mm -hmm. and so they agreed to that and so I didn't know what I wanted, though. I, I didn't know if I wanted another Rottweiler. And so this would have been 96, I think. And if you wanted to research anything, you just went to the library. Right. <laughs> so yeah. That's where I went, you know. I went to the library, and I found a little encyclopedia on different dog breeds from all over the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just went through the whole thing page by page. And I ran across uh, a Neapolitan Mastiff, which I'd never seen anything like that before. And uh, for the record, the the particular dog in the picture was a terrible, terrible representation of the breed. I mean, really bad, but but it was still a cool looking dog, you know, by by canine standards. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a, it's different, you know. Right. And so that's what I wanted. And so I, I worked all summer, I saved up all this money, and then half the battle was just finding somebody that had one that wasn't easy to do at that time. And I, I remember I would, I'd buy like Dog World magazine and look at ads in there, and I was trying to find someone local mm-hmm. that had puppies, which I couldn't find anybody for months. And then one day I was looking through a little, a little nickel ad, you know, it was a little paper advertisement thing that they would have in, in front of restaurants and things like that. And I would always go through the puppy ads. And I finally found someone that had some Neopups for sale. And so I bought my first dog uh, from a local lady that just had a had a Neo bitch. She had a few puppies. And, and I spent $1,000 on my first puppy mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I worked my tail off for it. And I love that puppy. I I, uh, I named her Tyra because I was a big Tyra Banks fan. <laughs> I, I was really into that lady, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I named it. It was a little black brindle puppy. 
and uh, <laughs> it's terrible. But when she was like five, six months old, she died of pneumonia. Oh. Terrible. So I'm there. I am right. I'm just at a loss, and uh, I end up getting hold of the breeder. I just told her what happened. I didn't expect her to do anything for me. You know, I just letting her know the story. And she actually offered to give me another puppy. And what was interesting was I've always been an artistic person. I've always had a really critical eye. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've done a lot of artwork for different breeders around the world. I've done some sculpture now. I've I've done some pretty cool stuff over the years. But even as a kid, I I had that going on. and, And I thought to myself, well, I might be able to get a better puppy. That's how I thought. Mm-hmm. Even as a kid, I didn't just want a puppy. I wanted a better puppy. So then I thought, well, I talked to the lady and I said, who owns the sire of the puppies? And so she turned me on to them, who were also local people. And I ended up meeting them and I saw really fast that they had better dogs. I mean, it was, it was obvious, you know, right away I, I could see a difference in, in uh, they were just better representations of the breed. And so Joe and Lisa Centropini was their names. I became real good friends with them, and, and we became close over the years. And they showed dogs, and that's how I kind of got into the show world lightly when I was younger because I, I almost had to because they they weren't willing to, to sell me a dog unless I was going to do something with it that way. Right. Uh, um, so I kind of got, got into all that by osmosis would be a good time to mention Bob Clayton. Bob Clayton was actually Lisa's father. So Joe and Lisa, they were the the first ones I saw uh, some nice Neos with. I ended up meeting her father afterwards, Bob, uh, who's this guy that I'm telling you about. And uh, he actually gave me a couple Neos back in the early days. And, um, but I was never, you know, I got married pretty young and I never... I was never really able to go full-fledged with the dogs because my wife at the time wasn't wasn't really all about that. And uh, we ended up getting divorced. And it was just a country song, you know, took the house, took my dogs too. She didn't even <laughs> like them. <laughs> it was really a bad deal, you know. And uh, my buddy Joe's here. He's, he helps me out a lot with the dog. He'll probably chime in at some point here. Yeah. But uh, he, <laughs> excuse me, so takes the dogs, takes the house, you know, all that stuff. And it, I mean, I didn't have anywhere to take the dogs anyway, because I didn't have a place for them anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of materializes in a really weird way. Then I end up in another relationship with this girl that I just love to death, but she was allergic to dogs. Mm. And so there went another four years, right? Right. And uh, <laughs> so then, then we we finally break up in a, in a smooth smooth way. And uh, um, then I'm kind of sitting there. I'm 34 years old at the time, and I'm I'm sitting there going, I can finally actually do something now, you know, with with the dogs. I ended up moving back into one of my original properties and just a house and a little neighborhood but I had a yard and everything I had a I had a situation where I could go pick up a dog again and it'd been years since I even had a dog 
So I I ended up buying a little American bully puppy from Robert Lee. Uh, nice little puppy. Um, little pocket bully. Mm-hmm. And I, I chose that because I didn't think I was in a position to, to get into the Neapolitans again because I just wasn't ready for this a lot of dog, mm-hmm. you know. And so I... I thought, well, I'll grab one of these bullies. They look pretty cool. They're tough, tough looking, and they're little to me. Mm-hmm. To me, they're little, you know. But uh, I like them, so I bought that little dog, and and uh, <coughs> I ended up going to a couple ABKC shows, and I I end up I end up a couple states away. I end up in Idaho at this ABKC show, and I run into this couple there. Keegan and Belinda and they liked that little puppy that I had and we got to talking and come to find out they didn't live that far away they just lived in Lake Stevens like 20 minutes away from me mm-hmm. which was interesting because we met you know a couple states away right. and they said uh, we got this bitch this little six month old bitch that uh, you might like and so I went over there and I did like her and a buddy of mine, Sean Brown, and I, we bought the bitch together. And uh, I don't know why Keegan sold me that bitch. We're, we're like best friends now, me and Keegan. But he, he screwed up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows it. Because yeah. <laughs> that bitch went on to win like four or five best in shows. And wow. and uh, she was, we didn't even show her that much. And she was ranked like number six in the country for a minute. It was It was really, she had a really good run. And uh, so that got me full-fledged going again, you know. I was showing dogs and having some success, and I did a couple breedings with the bullies and and bred some really beautiful animals. Um, uh, Chairman of the board, he's in the U.K. now. He's a gorgeous, really well-put-together bully, more of a classic type, but just hard to beat when it comes to the the structure part of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, went from there and, and... I ended up, me and Sean Brown went in together again and, and got some dogs from Donald, uh, what's his last name? Holmes, Donald Holmes. Uh, Prince of Purple Rain was his name. Beautiful, a lot of muscle, built real well. And I, I think I just got kind of lucky a little bit here and there. In, in that breed, it's hard to get a dog that's built well and still bully at the same time. And, and I, I just got fortunate. You know, ran, ran into the right stuff at the right time, made some good decisions. And uh, so I was on a roll. And as a little bit of time went on, me and Joe, my friend Joe, Joe, say hello. Hello, Joe. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Joe, hey, what's going on? Joe's a good friend of mine, and he's a, he's a dog man. He used to be heavily involved in the United States Neapolitan Massive Club been around a long time Mm -hmm. and uh we were talking having a private conversation i was sober he was drunk that's how it goes (laughs) 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 but but he gets to talking right and uh that's when i had had uh revealed to joe in a personal conversation about my breed concept Mm -hmm. of the of the molasso presameo and at that time, there was no name to it. It was just an idea. I sent him a little drawing that I made. I just kind of drafted out this little drawing. 
and I'd, I'd actually been thinking about it since I was 24, 25. What's, what's the coolest dog? What's, what, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. Your dream dog? What was the conversation? Yeah, that that was the conversation. Yeah, what's what's the cool? And so I show him this is what I would want, and uh, <laughs> and I'd never showed that to anybody before. I, I think I had a conversation or two about it with Joe and Lisa Cintrapini when I was younger. And it was just a very casual conversation. But Joe was drunk enough to take the conversation <laughs> further. <laughs> you know, and he was. He was ready to talk, right? Right. And so I, <laughs> so I, sent, him a, I sent him a little picture that I drew. I said, this is kind of what I'm thinking, and it's just an idea. I was kind of hesitant about it, to be honest, but he wasn't, you know. Oh. And he said, dude, he was like... This is cool, and it, and it actually makes sense. He goes, this is a, a really impressive-looking animal. And he goes, and the way, the way that you have the head there, there's, it's got room for its teeth, you know? Looks mm-hmm. like it can breathe. There's, there's no, I uh, uh, hope I don't say that, brachycephalic, brachycephalic, brachymorphic, brachymorphic impediment, none of that. And uh, he just liked the idea you know so we we started having a lot of conversations about it and uh, you look like you want to say something joe did you want to say something okay (laughs) he'll chime in here and uh, so some time goes by and i'm not a real computer savvy person i i'm not i don't really love technology but but uh i ended up downloading a, a couple photo editing apps on my phone and I just, they were pretty complicated. It was like a $20 app, you know. And uh, I ended up learning how to use it. I just figured it out. And I'm, a, I'm an artist, so I was able to make some pretty cool uh, Photoshopped images, right? Mm-hmm. And I've made a lot of them over, over a period of time. And I showed Joe some of the first ones. And he said, yeah, you got to throw that on Facebook. Yep. And we were just screwing around, mm-hmm. to be honest. <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't like there was no plan there. It was just like, yeah, just throw it up there, whatever. And so I did, and and it it got real crazy real quick. You know, it it wasn't the plan. It just got nuts. I mean, somebody shared it to a group, and it, by the end of the night, there was six thousand shares or something like that. It wow. was just insane. And in that process, we kept trying to come up with names, and we talked about a bunch of names. That's true, and I I did not come up with the name. Joe, Joe came up with the name. You might as well tell him what it means. Okay, well, it's basically, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, what they call in, in Naples the old dogs, okay, the pressa, okay, the pressa. And um, another name for these types of dogs, the blood of these types of dogs from all around the world, they're molossoid. They're mol- it's a molossium. Mm-hmm. So I kind of added the two because it's the same. It's, it's kind of similar to the same dog. And then I said, well, what makes it individualized to the vision? So, of course, Chad has just a very easy name to just it flows so beautifully. So the frenetics, but also the press of the mayo just fit. It made mm-hmm. sense to me. Also, press of mayo's, you know, it's got a nice ring to it. Right. And, and that's what we decided. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it was good. It was a good conversation, and so you know, people usually just call it a press of mayo for short, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah, so it just 
it just materialized the way that we thought it would. And, uh, yeah, but interestingly enough, I did not come up with the name. That was, that was, uh, purely Joe over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just came up with the concept. So anyways, uh, it gets crazy. There's all these shares. I'm getting messages and friend requests. I, I went from like 500 friends to f- 5,000 in, mm-hmm. in like 24 hours or something. It was, an, it was a lot. And uh, and so at that point, I was in trouble. You know, I didn't, I had, well, you better move forward. <laughs> well, it wasn't really, it was, I was like, I'm just kind of looking up in the sky, you know, going, I guess, I guess we better. I guess I better not just think about this anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And and throughout the entire conversation, we were discussing how to create the dog. Like, the whole time we were discussing... How to do it, yeah. Like, the bloodlines, um, particular traits of particular dogs and bloodlines and breeds Mm -hmm. in order to accomplish this feat. And we all knew, we we knew this is a period of years to perfect it, but um, uh, it's, it's the art of it, the love of the dogs, it's kind of you know pushed us where we are now mm-hmm. yeah and uh at that point i started buying other breeds at the time i just had bullies that was it mm-hmm. and so for the last five years i think it's been about five since i came out with that concept i've been buying other breeds, other dogs to, to work on this. And, and there are some other people that have helped me in private. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't think they want me to mention their name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've, they've really, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to have good relationships with people that have really good stuff and they, and they have been there for me to, to move forward with it. So it's pretty cool. And I'm sure you've seen some of my posts you know, I have some puppies on the ground now. They're the, I, I want to make it clear that, you know, the breed does not exist. It's not a breed. It, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, this is step a two of the process. step two of the process. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening over the last five years is I, we actually attempted a few breedings and for whatever reason, couldn't get a pregnancy. And, and this was, wasn't even just that, like I was trying to breed some bullies too, uh, just on a bad run. Wasn't, wasn't getting any bitches pregnant. Um, and then all of a sudden that changed for whatever reason, <laughs> nature decided that for things to be okay. And, uh, started getting some pregnancies. Finally, I got a pregnancy for the project but only got one puppy yeah. out of the deal. There, there was actually two puppies, and and one of them ended up dying within the first day. You know, it was mm-hmm. just a weak puppy. Mm-hmm. And the other one was born naturally. The other one was in a truck on the way to the vet. Wow. Yeah, the other one was born naturally, and I don't. Uh, it's really not that hard to figure out if someone wants to dig, but I don't. I don't talk about the breeds that I've used publicly. I've never done that. There's a lot of chatter about what I'm using and it's almost always incorrect, which is odd to me. I, it's pretty obvious. I mean, you can see what dogs I have. <laughs> it's just kind of not that hard to figure out, but I, yeah. but I don't publicly mention it. Um, but to put it into perspective, the mother of this puppy was a 50 pound dog and the, and the father was a 180 pound dog. And she pushed the puppy out naturally just fine, which is pretty cool, mm-hmm. I think. 
Um, so that that resulting offspring was uh, is the mother of these current puppies, and I've I've posted pictures of her a few times. I don't know if you've seen any of them, but uh, she's a very interesting looking dog. You know, she's in the right direction. She's definitely not the end goal by any means, but uh, she's pretty good size. You know, she's a ninety pound bitch, so she's kind of right in the middle of the two parents. And really what we're going for here is a larger dog. I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that we're, we're going for, you know, I'd like to see bitches at 120 pounds and I, and I'd like to see males at 150 to 160 pounds somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy to do when you're dealing with big breeds and small breeds at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the slapping the right traits on the big traits and, you know, picking and choosing what you want. It doesn't, always work that way right mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't you don't get to just decide so um it's been quite a battle these puppies are really interesting they're they're they have two different sires i use two different sires two different breeds so there's some of these puppies are are 75 25 one way and some of them are 75 25 the other way mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting, and there's a huge size variance. I got little ones, and I got big ones in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a it's a trip to look at them. You can tell who the father is. You can tell who the dad is. It's pretty obvious mm-hmm. of who's who. But um, this this uh, a lot of people have been asking me about them, and I, and I've I've uh, been talking to some people pretty closely there's just a few that I'd, I'd like to move forward with and i just don't know what few those are yet i gotta wait for them to grow up but very interesting puppies it's working you know i can tell what we're doing is working mm-hmm. it's moving in the right direction and that's all i can say you know i, I i'm a terrible salesman i'm a good talker but mm-hmm. i'm a bad salesman you know i i'm <laughs> i i'm not into false uh promises and things like that you know this is a project so anybody that's involved get ready to suffer you know be be ready to suffer like i have because i've been suffering trust me like this is it could also be fun too it could be a lot of fun yeah the exploration of it yeah a lot of a lot of fun it's really interesting so so that's where i'm kind of at now i i have uh, i only have six dogs i got uh I got a couple bullies and I got a couple Neapolitans. I got a, a real nice bull terrier over here. And, uh, and I got my F one cross. Who's the mother of these puppies. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fun, you know, and I'm just a guy like I'm, I'm just a dreamer guy, artist type guy. I don't have a fancy place with this amazing kennel set up. I'm not a pro, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a guy that's making, moves and trying to move forward with it it's just it's a dream of mine you know i want the dog it's i'm not really doing this for the rest of the world it's a pretty popular idea and a lot of people like it and i'm glad but you know once i make something that represents the breed really well or the the concept really well i should say I'm going to keep it. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Once I have some more, then I, you know, I can't keep them all, right? But I, right now, I'm going to keep it, right? So, anyways, that's kind of the... Well, we can't keep all of them. 
Yeah. Okay. He's just saying we'll keep the best one. Yeah, right. But uh, we actually have a, a close friend who just called the other day. I'm not going to mention his name because I'm not sure if he wants me to. But uh, he's a, he's been breeding dogs for a long time, traveled the world, showing dogs. He's very good at it. And uh, he's helping now, which is cool. So there's... Uh, in theory, if he follows through, which I think he will, there's going to be a whole new gene pool being worked with in a in a different country that can be be uh, brought together with what's going on over here in my little house over here. So we're excited about that to have somebody that knows what they're doing uh, involved. Yeah, it's in South America. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll get some diversity going here pretty quick. <clears throat> So I'm excited, you know, they're, they're, things are going to start moving a little faster now since I actually have something to move forward with. Um, you know, it's just been a long time just to get to this little spot, but, but now there's enough sitting there to where the generations are going to start going here a little bit faster. And uh, we did set up an LLC. So anybody that, that uh, buys a puppy for breeding purposes um they'll know what the dog is i'll, I'll provide paperwork that states where it's from and, and what it is mm-hmm. um down to the parents and down the to the parents and all the stuff um but i'm i'm making everybody sign a non-disclosure agreement where that none of that information is to be posted publicly it's just to, to protect people that are involved. Some, you know, some people don't want people to know that stuff. So it's just, uh, it's just for the people that are involved in moving forward with the breeding process right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to keep everybody in a good place where they feel comfortable, you know, because, because other, like other single breeds, um, you know, some people within those communities, may or may not appreciate crossing their breed. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. Yeah, it can be a dramatic situation. And we don't want to we want to live the drama. We just want to do what's right in the art of it. That's the whole intent of that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I remember um, <laughs> I remember posting a picture of the this F1 crossover here, the mother of these puppies. I post I posted her in a working group and just actually you didn't post her you sent it to the admin that's right i sent her i sent her to the admin to see what he would think right and then he just posted it i I didn't think he would just do that but he did so i shrugged my shoulders whatever you know he's gonna get out someday 80 shares later a lot of shares a lot of chatter but but a lot of i I think one of the one of (laughs) it was like a few people on there that considered her to be fat which i found comical yeah, because she's not like, like yeah. she's pretty, pretty well muscled, healthy looking dog. But there's variances on what people believe fat is and what and she, you know. A lot of working dog people keep their dogs really, really lean. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're, they're, they're. You can see every little muscle in their body, and you if it's see, not like that, it's fat. Dogs, you know, still eat. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that's, I guess, just opinion or whatever. And there was a lot of good, a lot of good stuff too. But I think what happens a lot is. With, with that community and, and I think that's a good community by the way but the question so often is what's the purpose right mm-hmm. 
what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Well, to me, that's a very interesting question. And I say this with as much political correctness as I can, because let's just be real. For the most part, we don't use dogs for much of anything anymore as human beings besides just having a dog. (laughs) And there's a really small group of people that actually use dogs for something. You know, that's a small group of people, whether, whether it's compared to the bigger group, you know, the general population of canines. There's a small group of people that use dogs for police work and bite work or just, just competitions or boar boar hunting, you know, things like that. And, and all that stuff is great. What I would say, I think it's wonderful, but what I would say about what I'm trying to do is, I'm just trying to, as far as the temperament goes with the concept breed, is I'm just trying to make dogs that have natural guarding tendencies. That's the way I like to word it. Mm -hmm. You know, am I I overly concerned about how good they're going to do in some sort of bite work competition or whatever? Not really. With the breeds I'm using, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make some stuff that does really good with that. But that's not my goal. You know, I'm... I'm just I'm just uh, going for a, a temperament that's pretty common within a lot of Malasher type breeds, and that's that they're really bonded to their family, and they are very suspicious of strangers. There, there's a weariness around people that they think don't belong around. Exactly, and mm-hmm. and if uh, if they're exhibiting that type of temperament, then to me that's successful. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm. I think people might get a little confused sometimes from some images that I've put out there and they don't all look the same. You know, there's certain images that I think represent the goal better than others, but not everybody knows which one of those images I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I mean, we are trying to make a dog that is very functional, you know, that can move very well. That's not a dope. You know, uh, uh, the, the structure of the dogs being introduced are it's excellent, and I mean, you know, that should show quality dogs. Yeah, I mean, we're using good stock. We are. I, I mean, the the dogs that we're using could could uh, and working dog people don't care about that. I understand, but but they're they're very confirmationally correct and healthy and very healthy. So. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, I would like this dog to be able to jump in the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they're, they're, yeah, we're going for some size and some bone, but there's plenty of dogs that have that, that can do those things, you know. So the other thing is, going back to you asking me about the backlash, I've seen a lot of comments that are, you know, they something to the effect of, it looks like an unhealthy mess, you know, or something like that. And that makes me giggle a little bit because what I'm showing is I'm showing you a dog that's built very well. There's, you can't deny that. I mean, I, I know how to make the picture correct. You know, like I'm showing you a dog with good turn to stifle. I'm showing you a dog that's got a good, good elbow placement and all that. Stuff. So you can't, you can't pick on me about that. So then let's talk about the head because that's really what the problem is. Yes. And uh, I'm actually showing you a dog with a with a muzzle that's about half the length of the whole head, from the tip of the nose to the to the back of the occupant, and that's pretty long. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have that that visual effect because the stop's gone. 
and the and there's there's a depth of head from the profile view so it doesn't make you think of a long snipey muzzle like you would think of with a with a breed that just has a what's the word i'm like a narrower head type like a, with a, like a doberman or something but but dimensionally the muzzle's quite long mm-hmm. and that's that's a healthy thing you know that that's uh it's mirrored in nature. Is the, the idea part of the concept mirrored in nature? It is, and, the, and I'm glad you said that, Joe, because basically the head type is modeled after a big cat. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at a, a lion or a tiger, they, they don't have a, a sop. In fact, a lot of them have a little bit of a curve, mm-hmm. similar to a bull terrier, like a like a a mild bull terrier mm-hmm. profile. You know, nothing over the top. But uh, big cats, that's how their heads are made. They're their muzzle ratio to their head, very similar to what we're trying to do. And so that's my argument with the whole thing is really the goal is, is not that far from, it's not out of the realms of what nature would want. Um, it's, it's a fairly natural thing. It just, for some reason, no one's ever tried to do it before. Uh, you're talking about English bulldogs. We're used to seeing those. I love them, but that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is a crazy, that doesn't even look like a dog anymore. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it, there's a lot of things that have to be manipulated and, and mutated in order to get a dog to look like that, right? Yeah, I mean, there's so many toy breeds out there, you know, pugs. Come on, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's nuts, way more nuts than what I'm trying to do. We're just used to seeing it and... And I have no problem with those breeds. I like them, but they're way further past the the natural line. You know, nature would never do that, mm-hmm. like ever. There's no, it's never going to happen. But but what I'm doing is a lot closer to to what's natural than a lot of breeds that already exist already. That's my argument on that whole thing. And I think people just it's an what we're trying to do is kind of it's new looking. You know, it, it has a new look to it for sure. And so it's just shocking because you haven't seen it before. But but if you really think about it, what's uh, what's so unhealthy about eliminating a bunch of forehead on a dog? Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing whatsoever. You, you have clear nasal passages. You got room for everything to do to work in there, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're not going for a. Uh, curve like a really tight bull terrier, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. You know, not trying to go. They're same thing. Bull terrier, way more extreme than what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, when you look at it that way, it it's not a it is not a crazy idea. It's just a good idea mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's just a good idea. It looks good. It's functional. I think looks are really important. That's the, I'm an artist. That's the way I look at things. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the visual is very important, you know, amongst other things for sure. But, but when I look at a dog, I it is nice when I want to keep looking at it, you know, when it when it's attractive. It's a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, tigers and lions are gorgeous. Who doesn't like those? Right. I mean, the only reason people don't like tigers and lions right now is because Tiger King is right. <laughs> everybody off. But everybody knows that those creatures are freaking gorgeous, you know. So that's kind of the the uh, 
where we're trying to go with that concept is, is model that head type after a big cat, length of body, you know, this should be a big dog, it should be a rectangular dog, it should move like a cat, um, which is just a natural thing once you once you get that much of a, what's the word I'm looking for, once, once you make a dog that rectangular, they just naturally start to get a longer stride like a cat, there's no way around it, so um, I hope that makes sense, I hope that's described in a way that kind of puts things into perspective for people whoever listens to this you know yeah definitely yeah a visually shocking healthy right yeah you know and it's funny you say that because it is visually shocking but only because we haven't seen it yet Mm -hmm. right but it but if you really think about it it's not that shocking you know it's it's uh you know, some people that maybe don't see it the way I do, they they think of it as like a beefed up bull terrier or something, and that is not the case. The way that that I look at it and Joe looks at it is, uh, it's actually a very malosher type of dog with with no stop. You know, with an eliminated stop. We're get, we're getting rid of the forehead, we're getting rid of the shorter muzzles, and we're we're just filling in that stop and putting a putting a little bit of a curve there, just mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, what's so shocking about that? You know, you've already seen it in the big cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a cat's not a dog, but we are talking about a predatory animal that eats meat. That you know, there, <laughs> there's some there's some similarities there in build and, and everything. So it uh, you know, there's if you look at it from the right perspective, it's not a shocking thing. It's just a little bit different. And I but that's what makes it so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes it neat. So.